Hello and welcome to Blistering Barnacles, a Tintin fan podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Andrew. And this is the other host, Hamish. How are you going today, Hamish? I'm pretty good. How are you? They're pretty good. I'm pretty bored. COVID lockdown. Yeah, but... Yeah, but you should be at school, shouldn't you, today? Yeah, probably. I would be having lunch right now, but yeah. School's been cancelled. Mm-hmm. What have you been doing with your time? Um, playing with the dogs. <laughs> playing with dogs, playing a bit of Xbox. Yeah. Have you been catching up with your Tintin? Have you done any reading or not? I have. What did you read? I read The Red Sea Sharks and I've been reading some Tintin, um, as in the Tintin uh, um, Harry Thompson book. The Harry Thompson book, which is the unauthorised but brilliant biography of Hergé yeah. and everything to do with Tintin. Can you tell the listeners what the point of this particular podcast is? Um, well, this is to like break down each um, album in their final English publication form. Yeah, and have we decided to go chronologically or is there some other... Um, well, we're going in the order that we liked them. So yesterday, last week or a couple of weeks ago, we did Tintin and the Picaros, um, which is my favourite. And today we're doing Red Sea Sharks, which, which is your favourite. My favourite, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and you rate it very highly yourself, though, don't you? As probably my second or third favourite. Second or third favourite. Yeah, if that's not my, it's not my second favourite. Probably Calculus Affair is, and this is my third favourite. It's certainly got to be in everyone's top five, doesn't it? Yeah. I mentioned last time all the hipsters go for Calculus Affair is the best. Yeah. But I prefer this one. I think it's got amazing artwork, it's got amazing scenes, it's got a really compelling story. Yeah. And it's more than just a kind of glorified chase, even though it's got chase elements to it. It's got yeah. a, a lot of heart because it deals with things like contemporary slavery. Yeah. So how are we going to break down this particular album? We'll discuss the artwork, characters, best haddock moment and the geography, but there's a lot of characters in this, so I don't think we'll talk about all of them. We won't talk about all of them. We won't talk about Tom, (laughs) the cabin boys. There's two Toms. (laughs) Whoever Um, they are. Yeah. Okay, so this episode is devoted to Red Sea Sharks. Chaque année à Paris, les gens de tous les pays viennent, reviennent. Okay, welcome back. So this section is called Background Briefing, where we talk just a little bit about the album when it first turned up and why we like it. Yeah, um, this was first published in English in 1960, so 16 years before Tintin and the Picaros, and there was only a couple of books between them, or one, only two books between them. In between? Oh, wait, there was Tintin and Tibet, Castafora Emerald, and um, Flight 714. There was three books between them, but 16-year gap. Between um, this one and, and Tigros. Yeah. yeah. What was Hergé doing in that 16 years? I don't think he had any motivation to write them. Um, and it featured in Tintin magazine from 1956 to 1958. Yeah, it did. One of the things that um, we were talking about earlier when we were preparing for this is the fact that the Americans kind of turn up in quite a pronounced way towards the end of the story. Yeah, What's the they context kind of have the saviour to them. Yeah, they Ooh, are. Which is... Kind of a bit generic, especially for like 1960s, because they, I don't know, ended World War Two. Yeah, in the height of the Cold War, and the Americans yeah. coming to save Tintin. It's kind of one of the few. T- I mean, he does have other situations in which he cannot extricate himself from the problem that he's facing. But he often can. Yeah. And another thing I notice about this is, uh, Tintin drinks seawater, and um, 
all of all people, Tintin drinking seawater, but uh, how it goes on a rat. <laughs> Tintin quickly stops, but the thing is he does do it, which is uh, quite surprising for someone with Tintin's intellectual capability. Yeah, I mean, Tintin can do everything. He can fly a helicopter, he can shoot a gun, <laughs> yeah. he can survive bullet wounds, he knows how to use a kosh. <laughs> I mean, it's not hard, you just hit them. But... <laughs> yeah, but no one wields a kosh like Tintin. <laughs> and, of course, he's a kind of consummate fighter. I mean, in... In this particular Red Sea Sharks, he, he, he has that fight with a guy in the cabin of the plane as it's yeah. crashing because that guy knocks out Haddock. So then Tintin steps through and knocks him out. So it's kind of <laughs> he's good at fighting yeah. him in close spaces. But your your criticism of this of him in this one is that he is drinking seawater whilst on the raft. Um I mean, seawater does kill you faster than regular water, so I don't think even most people would use it as a last resort. If they were stuck on an island, like tin or on a raft, like Tintin, Scoot, and Haddock were. Scoot, who is one of the characters that we'll talk about yeah. later. Yeah, all right. Um, should we talk a little bit about? Well, we we sort of talked a little bit at the start about why we like this particular yeah. book. But for me, I think obviously the strength of the plot. Yeah. I mean, it it begins with an ending. Yeah. The very first thing mean. is it says the end because they've just been at the cinema and then they have a chance encounter with General Alcazar, which kind of blossoms into this kind of quite complicated story that sees yeah. them going to different parts of the globe. And seeing all these new people um, people and returning characters. Yeah, the returning characters. Yeah. I think that so the plot I think is really good from beginning to end. Tintin keeps getting into scrapes. He manages to get himself out of those scrapes and then he's into another scrape and yeah. something else. It's um, often like Tintin from the first page of the land of the Soviets. And onwards. Yeah. He's got um, a really great, um, uh, I think there's a kind of good mix in this one too between comedy and also the, the straight scary stuff. You know, there's yeah. like there's um, Cuts the Butcher, there's Jolly and Wag is in it. Yeah. There's, um, is Cuts the Butcher ever really seen or is he always just mentioned? I think there's one particular album which you see Cuts the Butcher's truck in Calculus Affair. You see it, but you don't see him. You don't ever see Cuts the Butcher. I think that's kind of the point, is that you're never supposed to see him. Yeah. It's like they're sort of like Easter egg type things that you find from the Calculus Affair onwards or even earlier than that. What's an Easter egg thing? Like something that's hidden, like an Easter egg might be hidden. Oh. But like it's not in plain view, like the Cuts the Butcher truck. Yeah, right. Is, yeah. That, a, is that a common theme that Hergé... I don't know. Um, Like I've never noticed... One scene, like the trivia section of the um, Tintin wiki, it's filled with them, but like, and that's all um, wikis devoted to like one thing. But that's just one that's um, stand out to me because that cuts the butcher is never seen, but you can see his truck in one. So, yeah, right, cuts the butcher, the nemesis, one of Captain Haddock's many nemesis. Or <laughs> is the plural for nemesis nemeses? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. That's the conclusion of background gr- briefing. When we come back in a second, we'll talk about geography. Chaque année à Paris, les gens de tous les pays viennent, reviennent. Welcome back. This section is geography. All right. The way we do our geography in in this Blistering Barnacles podcast is that I ask you three questions. Yeah. What is the capital of Kemed? Kemed, um, well, it's Wadezda, but I'd also like to point out that the two books that we've already spoken about have both been in, set in fictional countries, so San Theodoros and Kemed. 
Which is your favorite fictional country in Tintin? Um, Sildavia. Sildavia. <laughs> what I love about Sildavia is is the um, King Ottokar scepter. They've got that entire um, you know travel guide to Sildavia, yeah. <laughs> and it talks about Sildavia's great history. I guess Kemet is 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 kind of modelled on a um, uh, sort of a, a Mediterranean slash um, Middle Eastern country, yeah. which he doesn't specify, but it could be well, Saudi Arabia, possibly Jordan. It Syria. could be also not based on one specific country, but elements of different um, ones. An amalgam of those yeah. countries. What is the name of the hotel that Alcazar claims he is staying at? Uh, it's the Hotel Bristol. Is he actually staying at the Bristol? Is he just give that as a? I can't remember. Um, um, I think it's just a decoy, but I might be wrong. You might be wrong. Where is the Red Sea? Um, well, it's in no specific country, and it's nearly actually just a lake. Is it really? Because it's nearly landlocked. It has a bit of thing that leads out, but um, it's in like uh, Sudan has a coast on it. Uh, uh, Egypt, uh, parts of Djibouti, maybe even Ethiopia, and also Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. So it's kind of like the split between uh, Northern Africa and the Middle East. Yeah, and it drains into the Indian Ocean. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it looks, it kind of looks quite, I mean, Bob Demore, who's done the artwork, has, has made it look kind of quite compelling and interesting. And I yeah. actually, I've never been to the Red Sea, so I don't know whether it kind of accords with that representation yeah. or not. Chaque année à Paris, les gens de tous les pays viennent, reviennent. Welcome back to Blistering Barnacles, a Tintin fan podcast. And the topic of today's discussion is the stunning Red Sea Sharks, which remains my favourite Tintin book of yeah. all time. I think the best and slickest art. What, Do you really think? I, um, I mean... Bob Demore is a fantastic artist. It's definitely picked up since when Hergé was illustrating everything and E.P. Jacobs was colouring it. And you know how we talked about last time about E.P. Jacobs and Bob Demore. That's sort of like in the later albums you can see a really pick up in the quality of the art from yeah. um, Land of the Soviets or even like Tintin in the Congo, Tintin in America. I think the um, art in this one is stunning. So yeah. my two favourite kinds of renderings is one when the, the plane is crashing, the DC-3 in the early yeah. scenes and the flames, the crashing on the beach, the, even the scenes in the cockpit, like that's it's so full of action and it's because yeah. of just how precise the pictures are. And Hergé's drawing is pretty good, like Tintin yeah. fighting and, and whatever. And then also the when they're on the raft and they're being shot at by the mosquito um, fighter bombers uh, and Scoot, the Estonian pilot, yeah. he's shooting them. I think that that's... Amazing too, but then the submarine as well. You know, yeah, when it's, it's firing, it's so well uh, drawn, all of it really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Restopolis is in, in good form. Um, Marquis de Gorgonzola, <laughs> Marquis de Gorgonzola. Yeah, so <laughs> the the characters are the, the drawing is fantastic, but also Bob Demore's backgrounds it's kind of that that, that realism that just makes yeah. this such a great um adventure. Chaque année à Paris, les gens de tous les pays viennent, reviennent. So this has got an absolute cast of characters in the Red Sea Sharks. We've got your, your regulars, Tintin, Snowy, Haddock, Calculus, Thompson and Thompson, Nesta. But then we've got Alcazar, Tapioca. Tapioca's only mentioned. Only mentioned yet. We've got Rastopopolis. Are there any ones in particular that you want to talk about? Ah, uh, well, Alcazar, because we last time we talked about in um, Tintin the Picaros how 
he's kind of trying to overthrow tapioca. And in this one, he's it's not clear whether he's a good or bad. He's kind of um, ambiguous because he's he's working for the bad people. He's buying the mosquitoes and stuff. So honestly, I think in this one especially, he's um, definitely not on the good side of things. No, he's cagey with Tintin. Yeah. Previously, he's. I mean, in Picaros, he comes around and he's sort of friendly with Tintin, but this one, he's sort of a bad egg. He's he's in league with some bad people like Dr. Muller, who's yeah. who's working for the bad guys. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, there's a, there's a whole lot of classic Tintin baddies in this. We've, we mentioned before we've got Rastapopoulos, who's um, you know yeah. pretending to be the Marquis de Gorgonzola. So yeah. on the one hand, he's got this legitimate front; on the other hand, he's a kind of criminal. Mm. My favourite. Tintin criminal of all time, of course, is Alan, Alan, Alan <laughs> yeah. Thompson, who gets his comeuppance in Flight 714. And well, so does Popolis. Yeah, well, yeah, Alan loses his teeth towards the end of Flight yeah. 714 before that book kind of goes in the wrong direction. Yeah. But in this one, he sort of picks up where he's been in um, Crab with the Golden Claws, where he's this fundamentally yeah. bad man who's sold out. Uh, whatever he, he might have stood for, yeah. and he's he's just doing whatever it takes. I think him. it was in this one um, where he says to Haddock just before he's about to go to bed, do you sleep with your beard un, over or under the bed? And then he causes Haddock to not be able to get to sleep for the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's a classic, um, the um, uh, sort of a classic Hergé laugh minute mm-hmm. in this one. Um Another character I really like is a character who becomes a recurring character, and that is uh, Peter. You pronounce it Scoot? Scoot? Scoot. I think I don't speak Estonian, but that's what I'm just guessing. So who's Peter Scoot? Um, he is the pilot um, from Estonia. Is this his first appearance? It's his first appearance. He's flying yeah. a mosquito that's shooting the raft that Tintin and Haddock are But on. then they shoot him down, and then he actually just allies with them and helps them in Iceland and stuff. Um and he becomes a great asset in this and in Flight 714. Yeah, where well, he actually is a, an old friend and pilot of, yeah. of, of Tintin and Haddock. I love that scene where um, uh, Tintin turns around to him and says, you know, they're on a raft floating, having just shot down an aeroplane in the middle of the Red Sea. And Tintin says, do you have a comb? I mean, do you have a mirror? Because uh, Tintin wants to use the mirror to, to yeah. draw attention. And then Scoot says, oh, do, you have, do you want a comb as well? And when I was your age, just like a kid, I loved that. And I thought, oh, he's such a great friend to Tintin offering a comb. But Tintin doesn't need a comb. Why? Because his hair is always the same. Up. Oh, and yeah. Even after being dipped in the, in the Red Sea, it dries and goes pointing again. I mean, it does um, get a bit wet and he has to, like, shake it out and stuff. But it returns to normal quite soon. Yeah, Tintin should have hit him in the stomach and said, look, mate, I do not need... <laughs> just pushed him over the side or something. Right. Yeah, Scoot, take that because I don't need no... Um, and we've got, of course, Jolly and Wag Which as is well. His second, this is his second appearance. Second appearance. Calculus Affair, yeah. Is he, his first appearance is Calculus yeah. Affair. Yeah, and he's causing mayhem. And at the end he sets up like the Grand Prix at Marlon Spike Hall. That's right, he does. All right, we're going to come back with um, our last section, which is our best haddock moment. Stay tuned. Chaque année à Paris, les gens de tous les pays viennent, reviennent. Welcome back to the last segment of Blistering Barnacles, which is our best 
haddock moment. Now, there's numerous amazing haddock moments in this <laughs> where he's hosing the Thompson twins when they yeah. arrive at the house. But my, my two favourites, one is he's in the bath <laughs> and he's having a bath and the phone rings and then what does he do? He, like, shoots himself with the water jet. <laughs> he pretends that he thinks that the um, that the water jet is the telephone and he sprays <laughs> it into his, into his head. And then, of course, it's it's the phone is ringing and it's a false phone call for none Cut, other than... Cuts the butcher. Cuts the butcher, <laughs> yes. But my favourite favorite one, and this is classic Haddock, is on page 49 when, uh, when um, the slave trader is just fleed from the Ramona and uh, the, sl- the slave boat is is um, is sailing off mm-hmm. and Haddock runs and gets a megaphone to call out insults to the um, <laughs> slave trader. Pirate, ectoplasm, vulture, body snatcher, ostrogoth, vandal. <laughs> yeah, the classic Haddock. But, you know, it's a very serious thing. Like in the contemporary world there's still tens of thousands of people who are trafficked yeah. as slaves. And Hergé wasn't afraid to talk about that in the context mm. of this book, even in the 1950s. Though his rendering of uh, the Africans... Is still a bit racist. It's not as bad as, say, Tintin in the Congo, but... Yeah, it's, it's not ideal. Yeah. Notwithstanding that, he does have a social conscience which is, is strong and and you know, sort of first, first becomes apparent in uh, the... Um, uh, the Blue Lotus, mm-hmm. but becomes he doesn't appear in the Blue Lotus. No, no, no. I'm just talking about Hergé's oh, kind yeah. of social conscience, but and of which often, as you write, had it is a kind of expression yeah. of that. Yeah. Well, that concludes this episode of Blistering Barnacles, a Tintin fan podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Andrew, and I'm your other host, Hamish. What do you reckon we'll talk about next time? Uh, I think Calculus Affair and. It's so hard to choose which ones to rank in order, but I think we'll do an earlier one for the one after that. So maybe Tintin in the East is the name for the combines two. The combined two of Blue Lotus and... And Cigars of the Pharaoh. Yeah, hipster's choice. Good work. Okay, thanks. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.